Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 335. We're back from our latest Royal Caribbean Blog group cruise in which we sailed on Freedom of the Seas to the Southern Caribbean. And this week, we're looking back at all the fun that we had all around the Southern Caribbean and on board Freedom of the Seas. Here we go. We are back from Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas, and we just completed our Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Freedom of the Seas. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you might know that when we wrap up a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, we record an episode of the podcast live on board the ship. And we did that again on this particular cruise, except the recording got messed up. So there is no recording. There was a nice live broadcast. We had a lot of fun talking there. But... To make up for it, we're not skipping out on sharing all the fun we had on board Freedom of the Seas. So I have brought onto the podcast, making his podcast debut, Mr. Kenny, a.k.a. Cookin' Yo, Link Winko. Welcome to the podcast, Kenny. Uh, I guess I have to start off with yo, yo, yo. Thank you very much, Matt, for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you. I've known Ken now for a number of years. We've taken a number of cruises together, including past Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruises. You might remember Cooking Yo from past group cruises like Explorer of the Seas and now, of course, Freedom of the Seas as well and Mariner of the Seas. You've had a couple under your belt here, so you're not a uh, first-time group cruiser, um, but we did have a wonderful time here on Freedom of the Seas, and I wanted to share with everybody Ken, what we did on board because it was such a fun sailing. This was a seven-night Southern Caribbean sailing. And before we get to the cruise, I think I want to talk about a topic that I know you and I were going back and forth on with a lot of other folks, which is airfare and getting to San Juan because there are some challenges with flying to San Juan in terms of not only uh, available options, but also pricing. And when you were approaching it, I know that actually you were the one of the first people to book the airfare because I think you saw the writing on the wall. And, you know, kind of said, if, if I'm not putting words in your mouth here, it it's expensive, maybe more so than other places, but you booked it early and that was your mantra. Is that, is that fair to say? Uh, yes. Originally, I was going to book it uh, when it first came out. I know that's like against tradition, but it was actually like 500 something dollars round trip for my family with two direct shots. But I held off because someone asked me to go on another group cruise and I did. No big deal. <laughs> No regrets. Moving forward, when I finally did purchase my uh, airfare, I believe it was in July, it was right around $1,000 ahead. So I'm actually glad I purchased it then because it just kept going up. So And and just it's a holiday time. I know right now if I wanted to go to San Juan, it's probably $100 each way. So it is what it is. We had a great time. So like I said, there's no regrets. Yep. And just for reference – This cruise took place in December 29th, so again, July, December, it's about six months in advance. And going there to San Juan, it's going to be, it can be more expensive, uh, again, because of those limited options. So, yeah, when you find a fare that looks okay, I think the name of the game here is to lock that in. You know, a little closer to the sale date, like uh, I would say maybe three months out or so, some of the um, low-cost carriers like Frontier and Spirit, started dropping some of their prices. Personally, I don't fly on those airlines out of personal preference, but you know, there you, there's a game to be played there with the airlines and in some cases, the when the airlines release the fares and then when the prices will go down or not, sometimes they go up. Um, it, it's kind of again, it's just that it's a game and you've got to play that. But for anybody cruising out of San Juan, 
you should be aware that pricing for flights is going to be more than, say, a flight to Miami or Orlando or some of the other popular cruise destination ports. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, let's move on to the fact that we went on Freedom of the Seas and we went over New Year's Eve. And I, and I want to talk about New Year's Eve, Kenny, because this was a big draw, I think, for most of us going on New Year's Eve. Because, of course, this was, uh, you know, the opportunity to celebrate a cruise on board or celebrate New Year's Eve on a cruise ship and enjoy New Year's Eve. And I was super excited for this as well. And there were a ton of places that you could celebrate New Year's Eve. You know, there was obviously a giant party on the Royal Promenade. There were parties on the pool deck in the schooner bar, uh, in the uh, in Boleros. I mean, there was something going on almost every venue. And it really is a giant floating party. Uh, Ken, what, did, what was your take on New Year's Eve on a cruise ship? How would you describe it to somebody else who's maybe considering doing it in the future? First of all, it's, it's definitely a, a do. I'm going to start there because some people are like, eh, it's a little more expensive. It's a do. It's something you at least got to do once in your life. Uh, we were very fortunate where we finally wound up but if you like Times square if you like being next to your your friends and strangers and standing up for an hour or two you definitely want to do the promenade uh, it's a very unique i i did not go there my my beautiful bride went through there just just to get a you know a beverage but uh it's packed with people end to end Body to body, a little warm, a little a little odoriferous, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, every venue was pretty much packed. My son went by like the library, and there was, a, there was an event in the library. So, yes, the whole ship was just one giant party. Yeah, and to your point, if you want to hang out and have that New Year's Eve experience, like you want to, if you watch New Year's, Times Square New Year's Eve broadcast on TV with all those people jam packed and say, you know what, I would love to experience that. Well, then the Royal Promenade is where you want to be because that's what it kind of felt like. I remember at 1130 at night, you know, 30 minutes to go before midnight, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go up to the Royal Promenade to see what it's like. And it is wall to wall people. It was hot. It was kind of stinky. It was like, I was, no, 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 thank you. We ended up hanging out down below at the On Air Club, which is the karaoke bar on Freedom of the Seas. That actually was, there was a bar there. They had a countdown. So we had everything we needed, but it wasn't near, there was barely anybody there. And for us, because we had a group of about, again, 80 or so people on this particular uh, sailing, we were able to kind of like take it over for ourselves and enjoy it. And you know what? We made our own party down there. It was a lot of fun. It was a great time down there. And then we had, Matt had the stage. He gave a quick little spiel. Hiller was dancing around with his hat. And we had we had all the, the horn blowers and, and all the devices you need for, for New Year's. Again, with, with, again with the, um, the countdown clock. So we were there. We were just like two blocks off, you know, Central Park or, or, or Times Square, whatever you want to call it. We were there. We were just a yeah. little bit off. Absolutely. And it was, it's, it's like you said, if you're going to it, you, you make it what you wanted. If you want to have that Times Square feel, you can do that. If you want something a little more relaxed, if you want to be dancing, there's opportunities for that as well. There's, there's club experiences. It's just, the ship is a giant party for you to enjoy. And as you might imagine, it's what's the best part is again, you're not worrying about things like, you know, having to drink and drive and how you're going to get back home. You just walk back to your cabin. There is plenty going on throughout the evening. You can really party hop. You can start off in one bar, move to another one, you know, keep moving around there. But it is a giant party and it was a lot of fun. I really did enjoy welcoming in the new year because 
you know, when you're at home, you know, after a couple of years staying up till midnight when you're like a teenager, the novelty kind of wears off a little bit. So if you don't have the opportunity to go to a party near your home, I think doing it on a cruise ship is a lot of fun. And I would love to do it again sometime because uh, it's just, it, it's the, you know, you're going to be staying up late anyway on a cruise ship, but to be able to celebrate New Year's Eve with everybody on, on you know, you have the drink package going, it, it's a lot of fun. You really, I, I think it was um, one of the more unique and yet really uh, exhilarating uh, experiences I've had on a Royal Caribbean ship. I would definitely agree. All right. Now, of course, this was a Southern Caribbean itinerary, and this visited a number of different islands. We went to St. Martin, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curaçao. And Kenny and I did different things across the gamut here of the sailings we took, and or the visits we took, rather. And you know what's interesting here is, I don't know about you, Kenny, before this cruise, if you had asked me what are my favorite ports that I was looking forward to doing, I would have told you in, in order from first... Uh, most important and least important, I would say Curacao number one, Aruba number two, St. Martin number three, and Bonaire number four. And as you're about to hear, that actually didn't end up being the case. I had some pleasant surprises uh, coming my way with these. Let's start off in the order we visited them, which was St. Martin. You did something, Ken. I want to talk about what you did there because you did something way more exciting than I did. You tried a <laughs> brand new excursion. Tell us about that. Uh, we did one called the uh, the Amazing Race, and it's it's basically a scavenger hunt. That's uh, some of it are like simple, silly tasks. Some are uh, puzzles, uh, map reading. Some are actually interacting with locals. There was there was one one part where they're like, okay, you have to name thirty Caribbean islands, and we're sitting here. You know, if you know the Kokomo song, you got like five down. But otherwise, it's like. <laughs> Oh, crap, because you can't use your phone or anything if you're going to be honest. So we had to stop people, and we stopped. And these two very nice local women, they're like, no, honey, you got to try this one and this one. And and they basically wrote the list out and helped us finish it off to get to the next stop. So uh, it was a ball. I mean, we had two young, smaller children, you know, like around 10 years old, 8 and 10. And um, so – but they weren't really a hindrance. They helped, in fact, in some some of the the tasks. Granted, it was a little long for them at the end of the day, but overall, we had a ball. I mean, it was a really a good family-friendly uh, learning experience. You got to interact. You got to really learn the history of St. Martin. So I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah, that was the uh, the amazing race, and it's Tri-Sport Eco Tours actually runs that. So if you weren't doing it through the cruise ship, that's who you do it through. So Yeah, and you guys booked it through Royal Caribbean. Is that right? We did book it as an excursion through Royal Caribbean. There you go. Um, in St. Martin, for me, we decided to basically wing it. Um, we had decided that, we were, first of all, we slept in. The next thing we did was when we got off the ship, we took the water taxi. There's a complimentary, or not a complimentary, there's a four-feet water taxi that takes you from the pier area to downtown Phillipsburg. And then when we got there, we did something that we've never done before, which is, is we visited the Yoda Guy Museum. This is a Star Wars, primarily, Museum. Uh, there's a there's a man, a gentleman who worked on the Star Wars films. He was a makeup and special effects artist, and he has created a museum in Saint Martin. My, I believe he retired there, and he opened up this museum to show off his life's work on films like Star Wars, as well as Hellraiser, as well as uh, I think he worked on the original Terminator film and a couple others. But it's primarily a, 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 a dedication to to Star Wars and the fact that he worked on the Yoda um, uh, model puppet to bring that to life. It's really cool. And the, be- the museum costs $12 to walk in there and see all of his stuff. And on top of that, 
he was actually there to meet people. And that was something I've read about a lot, never had a chance to do so. But here we figured, why not give it a try? It was a very, very hot day. So the opportunity to go into air conditioning and uh, spend some time in there and, and talk to the man, super nice guy, very, very approachable. And we had a great time doing that. And then we headed back to the ship. So kind of a half day experience there in St. Martin. But again, we've been to St. Martin before. We were just there a couple months ago. We were there in Thanksgiving. So, you know, we didn't feel like the need to really go crazy uh, with visiting there. Let's move on to our next island, which was Curacao. And for Curacao, we again decided to do like a half and half. Our plan was we were going to go downtown and explore Curacao because they have a fabulous downtown area. You can walk right from the ship to their downtown area, explore some there, and then maybe hit up a beach later in the evening. Um, the, the problem here in Curacao, and I think you may have run into the same thing, was that we visited Curacao on New Year's Day. So, that, you know, right after New Year's Eve, obviously. And the problem was a lot of places, I mean, a lot of places were closed. I was quite honestly shocked how many places were closed due to the New Year's Eve holiday. I mean, I know it's a holiday, but when it comes to tourist spots, I feel like most times that, you know, that's the exception to the rule. But I mean, my goodness, a lot of places were closed. So I kind of put a damper on our plans downtown to the point where we, we kind of walked around a little bit. I bought a hat. Uh, we ate lunch and that was about it. There wasn't a whole lot else to do. And um, then we ended up down at the uh, Mambo Beach area, which is an area on the, I believe on the east side of the island, southeast side of the island, not too far, about a five-minute cab ride away. And uh, it's a beautiful area. If you're looking for a beach, it's great. The problem with Mambo Beach was it looked really nice online. I was Googling, got a great spot. I was like, wow, this looks amazing. But as is often the case, the photos you see online are not necessarily indicative of the experience you're going to have there. What I mean by that is, yes, the beach was exactly what I saw in the photos. It was beautiful, but it was super crowded and it never let up. It was crowded the entire time we were there. So it kind of, we didn't get a chance to really in fully enjoy the, uh, we were there for the sunset primarily. Uh, what did you do, Ken, as well? I know you ended up there at the beach as well, but what did you do before that? Uh, we went with another family and, and Big Dog Ron to the uh, Sunscape Resort. We had a uh, all-inclusive day pass. Uh, yeah, so we were actually 100 yards away from you guys, believe it or not. It's like one beach over, but to get there, it takes like 10-minute walk. Don't ask me how this works, but there's a there's water in the way. Anyway, um, we got there early. We checked in. They give you a wristband. They said it's all you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, the only problem we had was we got there about 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, this place is also a hotel, so the uh, – there was a serious lack of shade. Um, the, 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 you know, the, the lovely umbrellas, most people were covered. We did find one that could hold like half of us, but it was all the way at the end of the beach. So we kind of like copped the squat somewhere where there was a little bit of a palm tree and, uh, we made the best of it. Um, the facility itself was very clean. Uh, there was games to play. We actually played bocce, you know, it was, it was us versus Earl playing bocce. It was a fun time. Um, there was a, uh, you know, they have a sheltered water, uh, like swimming area, they have a like multiple pools. So hmm. overall, it was a very nice place. Um, the drinks they were a little small, but they were as much as you could handle. They gave you like four ounce cups, so I was like, ugh. So oh, you have to go back very frequently. But um, would I do it again? Probably, but probably not at that price point. Uh, we did like it, but I probably want to do it again at the price point we paid. But then when the day was over, we walked over, we hooked up with a group, and uh, 
had a couple beers in the uh, very overcrowded Mambo Beach area, and we enjoyed that, just spending time with people. The actual best part, though, we bailed because I was – I feel that that place was a little overcrowded just because of the holiday. Yeah. And I was a little concerned about the sunset, which was like 620, and sail away, which was like 730, that for, there, would be, there would be an issue getting a taxi. We didn't actually have an issue. We actually – we got up there. We told the man, hey, take us back. Again, the local traditionaries, he found another family who wanted to go into town. Not the same place. They were on a carnival ship, but they went to the floating bridge. We were still plenty of time. We were saying, yeah, we were staying for the sunset. And he's like, oh, no problem. He took it to us to this overlook, overlooking the port with the two ships there. And we watched the sunset. And, you know, he just did it because that's what they do. You know, they try to help you out as much as possible. So overall, we were pleased with our rather unusual taxi ride, but we did get to see the sunset. So we, we had a good day in Curacao overall. Nice. I mean, the, the taxi situation is, is awesome because my taxi guy was just like, all right, we're just bringing you back there. And he gunned it in order to bring us back and then obviously head back to get another fare. But hey, man, that's awesome that it worked out for you that you were able to get a nice vantage point. It's always nice when you get a taxi driver who really cares, you know? I agree. Uh, the next port we visited was Aruba. And uh, Mr. Cook and Yell, I'm going to let you go first on what you did in Aruba. Well, we we started off with an early morning. It was like a 9 a.m. excursion. Uh, we went to snorkeling. Um, it was actually a two-stop snorkeling. And uh, it was on a catamaran. And uh, we got to the first stop. And it was actually rather shallow. I think it was close to like Catalina Beach, somewhere around that area. And uh, we had about 45 minutes to fart around. Uh, there's a whole a whole posse of ships that arrives to like these two spots. It's, it must be like the places to go. But uh, we snorkeled there. It's shallow. You can see lots of fish. Uh, not as much coral, but it's a lot of like more of the fish thing. And the second stop was out to uh, there's a shipwreck right off the right off the uh, the coast. It's the uh, MS Antella. It's an old German um, like transport ship that they they scuttled back in the war. And uh, it's a little deep. The photography is not as good, but it's just interesting to see because you can see. I think it's like 60 feet down, they said. You can still see very, very much of the ship. You know, it's like 600 foot long. So they're like, you're going to see it. And we did. It would be much better if you were in a diving situation. But but overall, hey, that's something you don't get to see every day, you know, especially for, you know, a ship excursion to see a, a sunken vessel. We got back Absolutely. on the ship. It was like a 45-minute cruise back, and they had uh, plenty of adult beverages for all. So we liked it. Nice. Well, first of all, what kind of are you a, a seasoned snorkeler, or was this like your first time doing this? Uh, we've yeah, we've been snorkeling for a while. Actually, Mrs. Cookinho is actually a certified diver, but uh, because me and Bubs aren't, we just we'll go and we we'll see whatever we can. Uh, you'll see later on that we we went snorkeling once more time, but we've been snorkeling uh, different places in the Caribbean over okay. the years. Nice. Uh, for us in Aruba, you know, I did the mistake of booking, waiting too long to book your my excursion. Of which, by the way, one of my, if I was going to have New Year, cruise New Year's resolutions, one would be to uh, to not do that anymore. Book things well in advance. And so when I went to go book things, which was a couple weeks before the cruise, it was really tough to find something. I was looking to do some sort of a all inclusive or resorts day pass because with my kids, I find that's that works really well for us. They prefer pools over oceans. They are. 
after all my children, so it's not surprising that's the case. <laughs> and uh, we ended up going, there was, the pickings were so slim, I ended up actually booking a hotel room. Um, I went on, you know, booking.com, and I found a regular old hotel room that was available. The price wasn't terrible, and I justified it by saying, well, we're in port for a long time. You know, it was a pretty long day in Aruba. And on top of that, it offered, uh, it had resort uh, ac- amenities. There were two different pools, giant water slide, a beautiful uh, lagoon um, a waterfall, which is really nice. And of course, we'd have a access to a hotel room to be able to enjoy, at least for part of the day, to be able to go back to, shower, change, take a nap, really cool. And on top of that, it had beach access uh, and the ocean at Eagle Beach. This was the uh, Eagle Aruba Resort and Casino. And it was really nice. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was not overcrowded at all, despite the fact we were there, I think, uh, the 2nd of January. And we had, the kids had a fabulous time going in that pool. The room was available at about 1230, 1 o'clock. A lot of people asked me, though, when I was doing my live blog, how do you book a hotel room in this situation? You just basically book the room at almost every resort. And this one specifically said so. Um, You can check in early. You can check in at 9 a.m. Your room may not be ready yet. But you can have access to the facilities. They will store your luggage for you. And as the case here, we came in, we checked in. The room wasn't ready yet, but we just went right to the pool, hung out over there. And then when the room was ready, we went up there and and checked it out. So it worked out extremely well. I would recommend the place. Um, what I do like about them is not only their their pool is very nice, they also have a direct access to the, well, not direct access to the beach. You have to walk across the street to it. But um, when you do go there, they have a reserved area of seating uh, Palapas that are complimentary, which is nice to do as well. So whether you go to the beach or the pool, it wasn't a bad choice. Um, there probably are better options or more economical options, perhaps even, if you were to book things in advance, but not a bad idea in general when you're looking at a port to visit and maybe day passes aren't uh, available anymore. If the price is right, a hotel room can potentially be a good backup situation. I think we had we actually had a really nice time there. I would have loved to have stayed longer, but as it turned out, Ken, we both, uh, I think, were happy with what we did in the evening in Aruba, um, which was we went back to the ship. One of the events we did on the group cruise, because this is a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise, and we want to make sure we offer some really cool, fun activities for people on board the cruise, is we did a private catamaran sunset tour of Aruba. Uh, Basically, we went back to the ship. Five o'clock, we boarded our own private catamaran that was just across the harbor from uh, from Freedom of the Seas, and it was, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going overboard here by saying that it was a fabulous, amazing view and, and a really fun time enjoying sunset just off the coast of Aruba. Oh, the that was what, one of the major highlights of the trip. Uh, by the way, thanks again for it because that was, we have memories for a lifetime. But uh, just the, sh- the views of the ship at that hour with that light and then actually see a full disc sunset with friends on, on a catamaran. I mean, you don't get to go on a catamaran too often in Pennsylvania. So, you know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the kids were all sitting on the netting. They were all grouped together, having fun, playing games. The adults were socializing. A lot of good photograph opportunities. There was some periscoping going on. It was just really a good time. Oh, and they had some small finger snacks. There was some beverage. So I enjoyed it very much. And we got some good pictures out of that. Yeah, this was a Royal Caribbean excursion, and as Ken said, there was open bar, which is really nice, and some light snacks being served, and uh, I got to tell you, it was really nice. Um, I will tell you a little tip, though. Uh, if you're on a catamaran, 
and you get food served to you on a stick, it is not advisable to then hold up said stick of food into the air for seagulls to try to get the food off the stick because one of the people on the cruise ended up getting pooped on during the experience. Luckily, only on their shoe, not anywhere else. It could have been far worse, but a little pro tip for everybody over there. But it was a really nice time. And doing a Sunset Catamaran, I, I got to, I agree with, the photos were amazingly, I mean, it was just a perfect uh, view. I was worried about getting seasick and being too rocky. Not at all. The captain took us out. Captain Steve, if memory serves me. No, Steve was the guy with the snacks. I don't remember what the captain's name was. But anyway, he, uh, they, the crew did a great job taking us out there, positioning us perfectly to enjoy uh, one of the best sunsets I've ever seen. And you're right, Ken, when you're when you're enjoying with friends, oh, it's even better. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to our next island, which is Bonaire. And like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, I said Bonaire was the least interesting island I was looking forward to because last time I was there, we didn't plan anything, tried to wing it, big mistake. Bonaire, there's not a ton of things to do there. You've really got to pick something. And a lot of people in the group, um, you know, decided to do something that would be fun, which was uh, rent golf carts. And again, because I took too long to plan everything, I unfortunately <laughs> ran out of time to book a golf cart. And evidently, there's only the, there's the golf cart mafia in Bonaire. There's only one operational. It's a one-man job over there that runs the golf carts. So I couldn't find anything. But as I was Googling, I did find someone who was offering ATVs. And this ATV not only offered me the opportunity to traverse the island, much like the golf cart people could, but it was badass. It was yellow. It had a giant Bluetooth speaker. You could drive that thing. I got it up to about 80 kilometers an hour. I'm sure it could go faster than that. Uh, it was super fun. I absolutely loved it. It was so cool. Uh, the guy who runs it, this is, uh, his name is Eddie. If you can't trust a guy named Eddie, who can you trust? And he uh, he took me to his house. He, which, by the way, as he, he picked us up from the port, he put us in, We he's like, oh, my truck is already over here. We get in his truck. I'm like, I'm bringing it to my house to pick up the ATV. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my God, I did no research into this company's reputation. I could be kidnapped right now. Luckily, we were not kidnapped. He brought me to his house. He had two very nice dogs. We met them. We signed a sheet of paper, and which I'm sure does not hold up in any court. And then we were <laughs> off on our way on the ATV. We went all around the island. We saw so many great things. I got to tell you, Ken, this was a huge highlight for me. And now I, I am dying to do another ATV rental because it was so much fun. Um, we just saw a ton. Uh, I only wish I had the... I rented it from 9 to 1. I wish I had it for longer because... It was really that much. I mean, such a great time over there. Uh, what did you end up doing in Bonaire? Uh, we had a little bit later of a start. So we actually, in the morning, we hit the trinket market. You know, Bub's got a license plate. Uh, I do have to announce that there was a, we had a loss. If those that know Cooking Yo, his beach hat is a, is a bucket hat. There was a gust of wind, and it is now somewhere not with me. So we, oh. we had a... Yes, we had a loss, but on the positive side, uh, we went to the uh, snorkeling again. This time it was with the uh, the Sea Cow crew, and uh, they brought you over to the Little Bonaire Island, which is a world-class diving-slash-snorkeling spot, and they did something called a drift. It was uh, basically a drift snorkel. You they, they unload you in, like, groups, and you just kind of, like, float, and you go to the next spot just by the current. So, uh Ours was narrated, so what that means is the uh, the our dive master he he would 
be in front and he'd be snorkeling along and when he would see something, he would dive down, point to it, and then come up and explain what, what he was pointing at, like what fish, like the dory fish or uh, you know, a specific kind of coral or because uh, there are some you can touch. Not really. There's some that if you did touch, you would not get hurt. But there's some that if you, you touch, your fire coral, you will get hurt. So he's like, definitely don't touch these. You don't want to touch any coral in all reality. But moving on. Uh, so we had two stops. You know, each one was like about, about 30 minutes each. Uh, and uh, I got some good video. I got some good shots. My son, he was ecstatic because we would dive down. If you weren't a good swimmer, they put a life preserver around you, just kind of like around your waist, not around your, your whole body. And you just floated along. So uh, we were really happy. I mean, it was like number one highlight is snorkeling that spot. Um, yes. In fact, Bonaire overall, we were like same way. Oh, Bonaire is going to be kind of weak. We actually like loved Bonaire the most. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like I was going to ask you if Bonaire was a better snorkeling experience than you did in Aruba. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and we actually got to like really talk to the people there. And it's it's a small town there. It really is. Because the, the one guy on our boat, we, when we went on to a, a little later, there was a little RC blog meetup. We were talking to someone else. They're like, oh, yeah, I know him. And we're like, oh. And this other guy knew someone else. So, And this was just in one little pub. So I can definitely tell it's a two-horse town. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And I think when it comes to Bonaire – um, I would definitely recommend planning ahead of time. This is not a place to wing it. So have plans in, in place. And I think you'd have a great time. There's a lot of cool things to do in, in Bonaire that I, and I would love to go back now, but it was kind of like, you said, we, we decided how before this, we were kind of like, eh, but I would love to go back there one more time now to be able to kind of expand on what we did before, because there were some cool things I ran across on my tour. And I, I definitely have an appetite for more to do there. And in general, when we're talking about the Southern Caribbean, I think it generally behooves you more so than other northerly ports in the Caribbean to plan ahead, have an idea of what you're looking to do because these islands are less developed. Uh, there's not as much to do in these places. In some cases, I mean, Bonaire is like, you know, it's, 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 it's a desert, you know, there's just nothing really there. Um, so again, you can't just walk around and stumble across things necessarily. It requires a little bit of planning. Um, I will add one more thing. When I did the ATV tour, um, it was really helpful that I had uh, GPS on my phone. I had invested in Curacao. I purchased a SIM card that – when you purchase a SIM card because they're all – it's all the Dutch Antilles, you get – it works on all three islands. Uh, that worked really well because I was able to then know where I was going. And I would think that if you're doing any kind of tour on your own where you're in an automobile, whether it's a ATV or, or car rental, it's helpful to have not just a map but also – you know, GPS makes your life so much easier, just like at home, right? You know where you are, you know where you're going, you know how much time there is. It makes It puts your mind at ease. So that's a, a pretty good tip uh, for what to do uh, as well. Um, Ken, do you have any other uh, tips or things you've learned on this cruise in the Southern Caribbean that maybe you, you uh, didn't know beforehand? Hmm, tips. I mean, tourism is their number one thing. So the, the locals are there to help you. I mean, it. It's not like some ports like in Mexico where, you know, it's a, that's their only economy is tourism. So don't be afraid to ask the taxi driver, you know, for recommendations or a local for a recommendation because they're probably going to hook you up. I mean, even as far as ice cream, they're telling us in Bonaire, go to Gia's. It's, it, you know, it must be the like the number one ice cream place. But go to Gia's. I'm like, OK, cool. You know, so little things like that. Absolutely. 
Now, one more thing I want to talk about on board the cruise. This, again, going back, this is a Royal Caribbean blog group cruise. And every day we had an event that was happening, uh, whether it was on board the ship or elsewhere. Like, you know, we talked about that Sunset Cruise. And uh, on the last day, we did one last walk where we rented out the Sabor restaurant. And this was just an, the entire restaurant just for Royal Caribbean blog insiders. You were there. Uh, we got to enjoy some great food. And uh, I love Sabor. Had you been in Sabor before this cruise, or was this your first time? Uh, I was on Sabor. I've been on Sabor a couple times. Uh, Harmony, I think it was Mariner Adventure, one of those two that has it or had it. And uh, and this would be like the third ship that I've been to Sabor. So I know the menu. I know the layout. Uh, it, the food was awesome. I've, you know, it, it with a little tear in my eye because you know I love I love the Sabor concept. Uh, I know it's been basically being replaced by a local fresh, which is the express version of it, but there'll always be a place in my heart for Sabor. There you go. All right. Uh, Ken, thanks so much for joining us here. But before I let you go, since it is your first time on this podcast, I want to let our audience get to know you a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. And please say the first thing that comes to your mind uh, oh, after, after you filter it first. <laughs> yeah, this could get ugly, but go ahead. All right. Since you sailed on Freedom of the Seas, what's your best tip? For someone going on Freedom of the Seas for their first time. <sighs> One in doubt, drink package. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's very, very much the layout's pretty much like, uh, uh, like Adventure and Mariner, but just bigger. So if you know those ships, you're pretty much set. Uh, Freedom's a great ship. I don't know what else to say. Um, All right. Fair enough. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Mine? That would be Azumi Hibachi. Ooh, that's a good choice. Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? Uh, that's, a, that's a loaded question, but I'll give you the, the proper answers. By the pole would be a Kraken Colada. Uh, at the bar is a Crown Royal and Coke. And... When in doubt, if there's a girly drink, it would be a lemon drop martini. Pats or Gino's? <sighs> All right. If it's just those two choices, I'd say Pats, even though yeah. Gino's has better rolls. But like the people that are actually down Philly, they don't eat at either of them. So they go to Delisandro's. But oh, there you go. Some Pats would be the answer. All right. Uh, favorite port of call to visit? Ooh. Favorite? Like around the world? Yeah, any port of call you've been on a cruise. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere around the world. Santorini. Ooh, I've never, I haven't been there yet, but I've heard good things. Awesome. It's, it's hot, so you say. probably won't. But <laughs> true. Uh, favorite song on the radio or iPod today as you're driving the ladder truck. Uh, I, I'm still on vacation, but uh, double Dutch bus. I haven't heard that. I'll have to Google that one afterwards. And lastly, what is your next cruise that you have booked? My next cruise is Oasis of the Seas out of uh, Port Liberty. There you go. Very good. Well, uh, by the way, I need to give a shameless plug to cookingyo.com. It's a real website. Cookingyo shares his uh, his name is Ken, obviously, but his nickname is Cookingyo. And uh, he um, shares his recipes as well as some photos as well over at cookingyo.com, so you can check that out. Uh, shout out to uh, Fat Pat and the other guy, Tommy English. Is that his name? Tommy English, that's right. There you go. I paid attention. 
Caca. <laughs> All right. Ken, thanks so much for joining us here. All right. Thanks for having me, Matt. Well, I don't know how I can top an episode with Mr. Ken on with me, but we're going to try our best by answering some of your listener questions. This is the part of the episode where I answer the emails you've sent me. And our first email is from Justin Eckstein from Cincinnati, Ohio, where it's longtime listener back from back at the other podcast. I've been listening to this podcast since episode one. Thank you for convincing my wife and I to go on our first cruise so many episodes ago. I'm now addicted to cruising and have been on Freedom of the Seas and Allure of the Seas. On my questions, my family of four and extended family are sailing an adventure of the seas to the ABC Islands at the end of March 2020. First time us going to this size of ship and to these islands. In Bonaire, we're doing a double dip snorkeling excursion with Royal Caribbean while my in-laws watch our kids. Yay for babysitters who will be on the cruise. In Aruba, we're doing the Cuckoo Kanuku Beach Tour that I heard you rave about when you did your group cruise. But we're having a hard time coming up with a family-friendly excursion to do in Curacao. My wife and I are in our mid-30s and our kids are seven and four. We're hoping to do a beach day, but be interested in doing something unique. We looked at what excursions Royal Caribbean was offering, only to realize that most of the excursions my four-year-old couldn't or wouldn't be interested in like a bus tour. Royal Caribbean was offering a Blue Bay Beach Break excursion, but it was 70 bucks for four hours. We also looked at resortforaday.com and they only had one all-inclusive option, which she already bought the drink package, so I'm not sure I get the best bang for my buck there. Please advise me on what would you recommend? Is it better to just get a taxi in Curacao and go to the beach? If so, which beach would you recommend? Is there anything else you would recommend doing instead of going to the beach? Is there anything in particular we should not miss on Adventure of the Seas? Will these questions never end? Help me, Matt Hotchberg. You're my only hope. Justin, it's so glad. I'm so glad to hear from you, buddy. Um, and excellent questions. You know, we, you heard us just earlier talk about Curacao. I hope that I actually timed your email to this episode. Um, I would tell you that Curacao is a really easy one to wing. Um, there's a great downtown area. As long as you're not there on a holiday, then you should be good to go in that regard. Um, I would tell you that, yes, getting in a taxi and just going to a beach is a pretty good idea. I mentioned Mambo Beach. It was a really awesome beach. It was beautiful. The thing is, if you get there early, it's fine. Um, Annette Jackson from MEI Travel, who was with us there, did the uh, went there much earlier than I did. And she when she got there, plenty of space. But as the day wore on, more and more people showed up there. So that's something to look at. If I were you, what I would do just is go to like TripAdvisor. I would look at beaches in Curacao, find one that works for you and your family. Like for me, like my kids like a pool. So that's what we, we generally lean towards something that offers a pool as opposed to a beach. But there's lots of great beaches there. And you can easily, I think, driving in Curacao, I've seen a ton of them from the roadside. I think you'd be easy enough to find one on your own. Um, so there you go. In terms of... Uh, not to miss on Adventure of the Seas. The Adventure is the only ship that has Zumi on the Royal Promenade. Also, don't miss Sail Away from the helipad. It's fantastic. You're going to love it from up there. So take advantage of that. Next email is from Cruz and Susan. Rice. Matt, I'm listening to your latest episode and your dining choices. Whenever we have done my time dining, we're always assigned a table and have the same wait staff. Just check in the dining room on embarkation day. Pick your time and request it. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate that. Next up is an email from Christine who writes, after months of research and talking to friends who cruise, we decided to take our very first cruise on Royal Caribbean. We're scheduled on Oasis of the Seas for February 9th. After our booking, I found your blog. I want to thank you for all your valuable information. I've asked questions via your live blog and you've always answered them, but I have more. Number one, are the pools heated? Uh, the answer is by the sun. Yes, they are. Uh, other than the hot tubs, obviously. Number two, is there a specific side dedicated to a port side to where you can see the islands when we dock? We are in we are in a port side ocean view balcony, third room from the very back. Uh, Christine, no, there's not a specific side of the ship that's always facing the dock where you go. Luck of the draw depends on, I think, the port. 
depends on your captain, some other things. But uh, the short answer is no, there's not like, there's not a way to, there's not a dedicated side. Uh, Christine also writes, do the porters take your bags on debarkation day or the night before? They take it the night before, Christine. So you have until about, I think, 10 or 11 p.m. to leave your bags outside your stateroom at, with the luggage tags on them. At that point, Royal Caribbean collects the bags, to put, delivers them to the uh, to the cruise port on disembarkation day, and they're waiting for you over there. And lastly, does Starbucks on board take the gift cards? Um, yes, if you have a dedicated Starbucks kiosk, like it's not Cafe Promenade, it's the actual Starbucks. Yes, they will take your gift cards. You can earn stars. You can pay off your drinks with your um, Starbucks cards, but you cannot redeem rewards there. Um, so you, if you have a free drink, you can't use that, but you can earn stars towards other purchases when you get back off the ship. Uh, next email is from David, Dina, Andrew, and Ariana Afelt. Whereas my family and I have booked our third cruise, the Southern Caribbean Cruise on Freedom of the Seas out of San Juan, departing June 21st, 2020. We're going to five islands we've never been to before, so we want to get your opinion on what to do with them. My son will be 12, but daughter will be nine. Uh, so far for St. Thomas, we've booked the Mountaintop and Villa Bo Botanica excursion through Royal Caribbean. Also, we were wanting to do lunch at the island. Do you have any recommendations for a Caribbean-style restaurant there? Uh, first of all, the excursion you picked, the only concern I have mountaintop is literally the top of a mountain. You go up there and you have a very nice view. It's a bit of a tourist trap, um, and I think it's better. I don't know what Villa Bo Botanica is, but um, mountaintop is, in my opinion, it's about 10 minutes. You get up there, look around, and then go, but you'll probably spend a lot of time up there because you got to go at a, whatever pace the group is. Um, so just keep that in mind, but uh, mountaintop is more of a diversion. It's nice to see. Don't get me wrong. Great photos up there but it's not like, you know, your destination by any means. But in terms of where to eat on the island, I went to a number of years ago, I went to a place called Cousins Caribbean, C-U-Z-Z-I-N. Cousins Caribbean was rated number one on Yelp at the time. And it was really good. It was it had offered a good variety of Caribbean food as well as, um, you know, American fare, if you will. Uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a pretty good uh, example of Caribbean food. And I really enjoyed that. So I would recommend that one. The next question is, for St. Lucia, we booked the breathtaking Soufriere and warm mineral bath excursion through Royal Caribbean. Can I get your thoughts on the excursion for a first time to the island? I have not done that one, but I would tell you the number one thing to do in St. Lucia is people go to uh, see the Pitons, which are the giant mountains or volcanoes. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, those, that's like the number one thing to do there. Not saying what your book, you booked is bad, but obviously if seeing the Pitons is not of interest, I'd say what you got is pretty good there. And lastly, they write, what do you think of doing St. Kitts, Antigua, and Barbados? Uh, St. Kitts, go to the beach. Antigua, go to the beach. Uh, I, in Antigua, I recommend the Valley Church Beach. In St. Kitts, they actually offer an alternative great excursion. If you're not interested in another beach day, uh, go do the, through Royal Caribbean, you can book a train tour. Very cool thing over there. I like that quite a bit. In Barbados, we did a, like a bus tour. That wasn't bad, but I think a lot of people end up at the beach as well over there, so. All right, we love your blog, podcast, and live streams, and we are insiders, shameless plug. Thanks for everything you do. Well, thank you for your support. Really appreciate that. Our next email is coming to us from another Royal Caribbean blog insider. It is Jose Pena. It's good morning, Matt. I had a question. Uh, Princess Cruises offers something called the Ultimate Balcony Dining, in which they serve you a multi-course meal for a fee, of course. Does Royal Caribbean offer something similar for balcony or suite guests on any of their ships? I'd be interested in purchasing if it is available, especially since it'll be on the grandeur of the seas on a suite. My wife is the best. Thanks for all the great work. P.S. Enjoy the Freedom of the Seas group cruise. You should plug your upcoming Royal Caribbean group cruises now. <laughs> Thank you, Jose. Yes, we have a couple of, of Royal Caribbean blog group cruises coming up. Uh, in uh, We've got Brilliance of the Seas, 
in October 2020, going to Canada and New England, as well as having uh, two group cruises in 2021. We're actually going to Europe in 2021, and we also have Thanksgiving on Harmony of the Seas. More details about all of our group cruises at royalcreamblog.com slash events. So, um, what Princess offers is something called, like you said, the Ultimate Balcony Dining, and it's an upgraded room service that combines alfresco dining with higher quality food for breakfast or dinner. Uh, does Royal Caribbean offer something similar to that? No, not that I'm aware of. Uh, there is an additional fee for this ultimate balcony dining. There is no upgraded balcony dining available on cruise. What you could do, of course, Jose, is order room service, which is complimentary for being in a suite, and have them bring it out and set it up on your suite uh, balcony. Put Go right out to the balcony. There's usually a table there. Put the food out there. You're good to go. Um, but beyond that, no, there's, that's pretty much it. There may be a sweet reception that's complimentary in which they invite you and other sweet guests to go to a specific venue and they'll have light appetizers and some drinks offered there, but that's about the extent of it. So yeah. Uh, next email is from Francesca writes, are there any nice beaches within walking distance of the port in St. Martin? We have three toddlers in our travel group. Don't feel comfortable getting in a car without car seats. Uh, we'd like to find a beach close to any ship and any recommendations. The closest beach is going to be in Phillipsburg. You can walk there. It's about, a, I don't know, a mile walk or so. There is the water taxi, which I talked about earlier in this episode. That's a nominal fee to take that. And that doesn't require car seats because you're in a boat. And from there, yes, you can absolutely enjoy the uh, beach there. There's a giant boardwalk area. You just find a spot that looks good to you. The, the beach is free, but... The access via to, to umbrellas and chairs will cost you a couple bucks to rent one of those. But that's probably your best bet, Francesca. Hopefully that answers your question there. Hopefully that answers everybody's question. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Royal Green Blog Podcast. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg. We'll talk again real soon. <laughs>